You find yourself sitting at a table in a place you somehow know is the Phantom Piano Lounge from the cautionary fairy tales of your youth, and despite the dim lighting and the frigid air, you are quite relaxed. The chair is comfortable and supportive of your weary, heavy body. The other tables are chatting amongst themselves, but no one is seated with you, which makes you curious. You begin to look around the lounge, squinting through the dim light. To your right, you make out a table of rabid wolves. You can tell by the white foam gathered around their mouths. The wolves are snapping and growling in every direction like a swarm. You lock eyes with one of the wolves. Its eyes, one yellow, one silver, pierce whatever sense of calm you had. It stops snapping, and the other wolves notice as it does. They all turn toward you, all of them with eyes of yellow and silver. You fall into the memory of the night when you were attacked by wolves in the very woods that led you here. Panting, you throw down step after violent step forward as the pack howls and growls around you. Snarls are close behind as you turn. Maybe weaving through the trees will help them lose your scent, you think, but there's a wolf in front of you now and two on each side with the soft thuds of padded feet still behind. The wolf in front of you lowers its head, its ears tucked back and mouth flashing pale yellow teeth, all sharp. You notice its eyes, one yellow, one silver. And you're back in the phantom piano lounge, staring at those same eyes. The wolf nods at you in recognition as you tear your head away from their table. As the wolves resume their general snapping and growling, you look left and see a dead man looking toward the stage. He's dressed in a red band leader's outfit. Or is it a ringleader's outfit? Either way, it's red and he's certainly dead. His flesh is rotted and his head droops toward the ornate buttons covering his bloated chest. The dead man sighs, his belly emptying of air but not of breath. He wears a sash across his torso, and in the dim light you barely make out the word mayor. You fall back into another memory, this time of your mother, your postman, and the current mayor huddled around a radio. At the time, the current mayor was just a man you called father. At the time, he was just a man listening to the radio who loved you and your mother before the machine of local politics had sunk its teeth into him. The postman had just been passing by when the stylings of a jazz piano were interrupted with breaking news. The whereabouts of our beloved mayor are still unknown, the news broadcast crackles, and this morning, and a unanimous decision of the City Council of Elders and Eldresses, it has been decided to declare our beloved mayor dead. His spot is vacant. It must be filled. Your mother's breath catches in her throat while the postman shakes his head. Your father, the current mayor, sheds a single tear. Perhaps he knew what he would one day do 
of the damage he would cause with his newly mated hands. And you're back in the lounge, staring at a dead man who is now staring back at you. He sighs again, although he has not taken a breath in quite some time. He also nods as you look away. In front of you are tables filled with murderers, psychopaths, and ne'er-do-wells. You recognize them, each in turn, thanks to the stories that your city passes down. But before you can see them or them you, a single spotlight falls into the far side of the stage. A small woman, not unlike the small begloved man with the long arms who let you in, appears in that spotlight. She also wears gloves, but her arms are what might be considered a normal length. She wears a white masquerade mask, pinned to her face with a nail. Blood pools around the nail and drips down the length of her face. She says not a word as she takes step after arduous step toward the piano. The voices of the other tables die down as she takes her seat at the piano bench. The wolves cease their snapping. She starts playing, and everything, everything, melts away. Good evening, listeners, and welcome back to this, The Frightened Times. As always, I am your guide and host, Haunted Henry, and with me is my cohort, John. And together we're surfing the smooth waves of spooks and scares in this scary, spooky time. Not a lot of scary adjectives that start with S. Startling. There we go. Uh, scintillate. Sh- shudderful. Sh- Shutter Islandy. Yeah, Shutter. Shutter Island esque. And we're coming. We're coming hard this episode with all of the urban legends that we didn't get to in the last episode. Because the theme of this frightened times is legends of the city. Whereas, of course, legends of the city. I see. Well, I don't know. I was trying to yeah. rephrase urban yeah. legend. Yeah, what's the difference between urban and urbane? Urbane? What the fuck? <laughs> because I was thinking about 
I, I've been calling them urbane legends, and I don't know what that means. I'm looking up the word urbane on my spooky laptop. Ooh. Of a person, especially a man, suave, courteous, and refined in manner. Not at all applicable to what we will talk about. No. You know what the difference between an urban legend and a folktale is? No. City. Oh, okay. Like big cities? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that cities are... Uh, I think that cities are the best place for scary things to be born. Because cities are frightening. And but also, the opposite of cities can be very scary as well. All I know is cities are filled with rats. And rats are scary. Whereas the country are filled with rats. And rats are scary. No matter where you go, the rats are there. You know why rats are scary? Because they'll kill you. Rats will kill you in an instant. With plague. It's uh, it's well documented in uh, multiple pieces of pop culture that rats will just eat through you. All they need is a hot bucket. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that before on uh, the podcast, but yeah. I, uh... I don't know. Rats rats don't scare me as much as like some things in the country like wolves and towing companies. <laughs> uh we're we're, we're going to get to that, but uh have you heard of a thing called primordial memory? Um, I've heard of those two words separately, but together they mean nothing to me. Together they put forth a theory of why certain horrific elements are used in, in sort of modern day pop culture. If you think of like your pyramid head mm-hmm. and wolves and other things that are, they have these long pale faces. Yeah. And the theory Plague state, doctors. Pl- well, they have long, pale faces, though they mean a different thing, I guess. <laughs> I guess. No, it's primordial. The theory of primordial memory uh, basically says there there are a certain amount of elements that are just scary to us because they're in our genetic memory. Okay. And these things would be like predators with ha- that explains like the lo- elongated faces, mm-hmm. paleness because of plague, mm-hmm. and other things. <laughs> Yeah. That I can't remember right now, but basically, basically, like these things kind of were, were a threat to our ancestors so much so that they persist in us today, even though we are not living in caves surrounded by diseased wolves. Similar, I suppose, in the way that some animals won't eat certain colorful other animals because, and typically, those are poisonous. Yeah, though, may I don't know. I don't know about that one. That thesis might be flawed. Maybe they've become colorful through uh, natural selection until things don't trust eating them. I I wouldn't be able to say. But I know what is true. I know what is a primordial memory. Uh, It's something that genuinely freaks out a creature beyond all reason instantaneously. What is that? Cats and cucumbers. (laughs) What? Have you never seen... No, I've seen the videos. I've seen the videos of cats where cucumbers sneak up on them and they jump and they're all cat scared. Yes. I believe the working theory, 
and believe me, it is just a theory, is that cats are kind of hardwired to, if they turn around and see something that looks like a snake, they have an involuntary reaction to get away as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, I also run from cucumbers because those are just pickles that haven't reached their potential and pickles are disgusting. I was, uh, I was making a salad and I got a little bit scared because I was cutting up a cucumber, uh, but I thought I was cutting up a snake. Yeah, you know. It was really freaky. The odds of a snake going into your kitchen (laughs) or, or in your fridge and you pulling it out half awake ready to make your breakfast salad and this here the frightened times... And you just dice up that snake and eat it like it's nothing. That would be a shame. That's what the Frightened Times is all about. And maybe, like, you don't eat eggs in your salad for obvious reasons. You're a uh-huh. vegan. Yeah. But, like, a soy egg, maybe uh-huh. it's an eyeball. Oh, no. Or, like, a snake egg. Or, like, a snake egg. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that could happen, I think. Yeah. I, uh... Oh, man. Snakes are scary. Snakes are scary, because they... Bite you. Snakes are scary because they're a natural predator of living things. Even though I guess they just bite things to defend themselves. I don't want to eat a snake, but I'm still afraid of them. But I, I suppose, speaking of like the, the primordial memory thing, yeah. uh, that would speak to why there are just some things that are just creepy to humans. Just Not necessarily that they're outside the norm, they most certainly are. But, I mean, it's always kind of the same things that affect people on a, like, a very base lizard brain level. Like, I don't like pale things. I don't like things that shake a lot. I don't like things with big, long teeth. Yeah. And, and like, so certain fears are more obvious. Like, okay, you see a knife covered in blood. You're like, oh, holy crap. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you can draw inferences from why that scares you. Yeah, that's a calculated fear. But this is, it's like a deeper sort of thing. You know, there's no reason. Pyramid Head, if for those of you who've never played Silent Hill, Pyramid Head is like this weird butcher-like thing, but his head is just an elongated pyramid for some reason. Yeah. Is it a mask? Yes. It's a mask. But I mean, you never see under the pyramid mask. And also, he's like a weird stand-in for male aggression of the main character. Oh, Kind of like H.R. Geiger's designs for aliens? Yeah, just big, penicular heads. <laughs> I believe the word is phallic. Oh, sorry. But yeah. So, I don't know. He's just, he's, he's got a triangle for a head. That in and of itself is creepy. Well, yeah, but there's no, like, markings on it. There's mm-hmm. no you, there's no face. Yeah. So you can't even see if he's angry. Ostensibly, the giant cleaver he carries might. Yeah, that's that's why he's scary. It's intractable. You're like, I don't know if he's mad. I don't know if he's happy. He's got a big cleaver. <laughs> Who is this mysterious man? I can't get a read on him. The cleaver he's... certainly makes me think he's onto something. This is uh, this is very much in the zeitgeist. But man, people are, and this will get back to Pyramid Head. There is a certain amount of. Uh, of animal magnetism that Pyramid Head has. People are very drawn to Pyramid Head. Like, his whole thing, his whole aesthetic is is very enduring. People uh, are... People are horny for gross, scary things right now. People are horny for Venom. Oh, the movie? Yeah, people are horny for Venom. Is Not this... the movie, but the character of Venom. 
Okay. It's... Something that should trigger all of these primordial fears that we have. Well, I don't know, because he's not pale. Yeah. His face isn't long and snarly. Yeah, and he is very muscular, something that we know that people look for in a mate. Now, now I'm just going to describe a random generic person. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to give him a gender. Okay. Give them a gender, not okay. give him a gender. Fair. So I'm going to describe this person. I'm going to use three words. Yeah. Well, three adjectives and one and. Okay. Tall. Okay. Dark. Sure. And handsome. Okay. What does that mean to you, John? Uh, that means uh, competition and potentially a long-term mate. Okay. <laughs> now, now, just think about people uh-huh. that, are, that are in the zeitgeist right now. Mm-hmm. Who is tall? Venom. Who is dark? Venom. Who is handsome? Venom. Shit. Yeah. Okay, that makes he, sense. He checks off all of the, the classic generic boxes <laughs> for, like, the, you know, the the male lead in a romantic comedy. So, really, you're telling me that the people who made Venom are missing out by not making it a romantic comedy. I think they're, they, they have markedly engineered Venom. Sure, the first movie's an action film. You get the guys in. Yeah. Then you release the sequel, and you twist it. You gotta get the other half of the demographic. The guys are already in. They you locked them in. You, you locked, locked them in. Games. You locked them in. Tom Hardy apparently does a great job as Eddie Brock. I don't know who voices Venom. I'm gonna say Tom Hardy, because why not? Sure. He's probably doing an okay job as Venom, too. You got the guys. Now you gotta get the gals. Mm-hmm. And you, what are gals like? Tall. Venom. Dark. Venom. And handsome. They Venom. already like Venom. They already like Venom. So they just don't know it yet. Put them on a first date with, I don't know, Black Cat. Yeah. Because that movie's happening in the same universe. I feel like it would be better if they put... Uh... They, if they put him together with like a like a real cipher, like a real like like a real nothing lady, not like a superhero, just like a regular person. Oh, a real uh, main character of Fifty Shades of Grey, if you will. <laughs> I don't I don't know enough to riff on that. Ah, uh, that's fine. <laughs> um, I, I I was look. Sony's got a lot of plans. For this universe they're planning. I don't know what they're calling it. The Spider-Man-less Spider-Man universe. Uh-huh. Because they got Venom. They got that done. Yeah. They're now planning a Black Cat movie. That must have been a vicious negotiation. Because Marvel was like, we're taking Spider-Man. Like, no matter what you do, we have the full faith and credit of the entire universe. Yeah. That wants us to take Spider-Man from you. We have unlimited money. And it's going to happen. And then they're like, Jesus Christ, can we can we keep Mysterio? <laughs> no. Can we keep Venom? Sure. What about <laughs> Carnage? No. What about Black Cat? Sure. Yeah. And there's a third movie coming out, too. Craven I f- the Hunter? I forget. It might be. Oh, Jesus. It, but I forget. It's a third Rogue. And they have Tom Hardy for, for two more movies. Oh. <sighs> So we're going to get the the Spider-Man Rogue Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Spider-Man Black. Is that like Justice League Dark? It's like X-Men Black. Is that like X-Force? It's uh, written by Scott Ackerman. (laughs) This is a real thing. We'll talk about it later. Spider-Man Black by Scott Ackerman? No, X-Men Black. We've been Uh, talking about 
comic books uh, for too long. This always happens. We need to get back to this here, the frightened times, or else they who control us for this month will be sending us a salad full of eyeballs. Uh, no one wants an eyeball salad. Uh, I know that we said that we were going to get to a little bit later. Is Let's, now the time? We can get to it now. In uh, fact, we probably should have started the episode with it. Hey, no one can blame us for talking about comic books for ten minutes. <laughs> Certain people can. Maybe uh, our listeners. Now, uh, me and Henry just uh, committed to something that reminded me, uh, speaking of urban legends... For the most part, taking place in uh, cities, the absence of a city can be just as scary because we left the metropolis, the 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 liberal paradise of Austin, Texas, to go to another part of Austin, Texas, but just with fewer things. <laughs> yeah, we we left the the well lit roads and highways that compose the artery system of our Austin, Texas. They go to the weird, like, third arm yeah. that's not well lit and full of spooky ghosts. We had to go to uh, a vehicle storage facility for reasons I uh, won't go into. But if anyone has ever been to one of those facilities, you know that they are... Uh, there's not a nice one. They're all creepy, spooky hellholes. <laughs> and due to the limitations of the work week, we had to go, of course, at night. Down this weird street with little street lights. Yeah. I mean, the full story is really weird because the address for this place is on one street. The address for this place takes you to a locked gate with a truck parked in front of it and no lights. Which makes you think, is this really, like, is this, is this a murder grounds? Is this a place where people, like, hunt humans? Yeah. So John did the smart thing. And he called them. He called this vehicle storage facility to be like, hey, what's the deal with the locked gate? And the the nice lady, I'm presuming she was nice. I actually... She was very nice. The nice lady proceeds to guide us down two other streets. With no lights. With no lights at all. And seemingly no houses. I believe the closest thing to a house I saw was a pile of what looked like pallet material with a mailbox in front of it and I, I i honestly did not really look at my surroundings i was making sure the road didn't drop down into a pit into hell yeah it, it would not be that unusual and i mean i don't know as, as someone who grew up not in a city i grew up very much in the sticks i always identified much more with the uh, the urban legends or the folktales surrounding things outside of the city uh and i find that there's a lot more of those uh that people can explore as opposed to urban legends and i've actually got one that i want to talk about today all right so have you ever heard of dudley town dudley town is that from the harry potter series the dudley dursley who who turned into a pig that one time you know the time no that's a book uh, so Dudley Town is what I would like to call the archetypical uh, country urban legend. Okay. Because it is, it is about a town that is cursed for various reasons. 
that is uh, secluded from all other surrounding uh, municipalities. And I would like to read you a little bit about Dudley Town because I managed to get uh, a very good source on some Dudley Town information. Of course, from the well-respected uh, journal Damned Connecticut. <laughs> I, I love the name of this journal. That's pretty magnificent. Uh, it is a catalog of all of the certifiably damned places in the state of Connecticut. All right. Well, let's hear a little bit about Dudley Town. So Dudley Town is one of the most famous uh, haunted towns in American history. So the story starts... One of the most renowned damned places in Connecticut is the abandoned and allegedly cursed village of Dudleytown. But as with many dark places, Dudleytown wasn't always like that. Like much of Connecticut, settlers came to the area around what is now the quiet little town of Cornwall in the mid-18th century, and that includes the first Dudleys who came from England via Guilford to the Litchfield Hills in 1747. They helped create what became a thriving community known then as Owlsbury, primarily fueled through the region's growing iron industry. Homes were built, the land was farmed, iron was forged, the town grew and prospered, and all was well. Or so it seemed. Some attribute the demise of the town to multiple mundane factors. The depletion of the farmland, the decline of the area's iron industry, the natural progression of younger Americans heading west to settle new lands, etc. Of course, there are others who simply believe the Dudley clan was cursed, as an inordinate number of Dudleys supposedly came to untimely ends, and that the curse extended to the village they helped found. Whatever the cause, Dudleys died off and the settlement's population continued to dwindle until about the turn of the 20th century, when the last resident finally gave up and abandoned what was left of the town. The surrounding forests slowly swallowed up the homes and buildings, and today, the only remnants of what had been are a few crumbling foundations and empty cellars. Oh, and the curse of the Dudleys. The story goes that anyone who has tried to live in what had been Dudley Town has come into terrible misfortune. Over the years, there's been everything from suicides to demonic possession, and all hysterical drama in between. The Warrens, you remember, the people from The Conjuring, famously recorded a Halloween special from Dudleytown in the early 1970s, declaring it officially demonically possessed, which essentially opened the supernatural floodgates. Since then, it has been home to all sorts of alleged paranormal experiences, with visitors witnessing all manner of spirit and phantom, as well as having unsettled feelings of dread and fear. As you might expect, the area has also drawn the attention of those enthralled with dark forces and demonic rituals, plus a healthy number of amateur ghostbusters and teenagers simply searching for trouble. In short, it's become a damnation destination. This is a really great ride. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really it's great... It's so punchy. <laughs> so here's my takeaway. Dudley Town uh, is very typical uh, country town that had a certain amount of prominence, dwindled, disappeared, and in its place, in, in an area where one can find nothing, in a ghost town, people make ghost stories. Yes. 
And that it's it's extremely common. This is why we have stories of uh, haunted insane asylums. This is why we this is why graveyards are something that people tend to associate with this dread and fear and the paranormal because a place where people uh, definitively do not exist anymore is something that the mind abhors, uh, which it is to say that there is really a mundane explanation for a lot of the Dudley curse talk that people come up with. So a lot of people say that the Dudleys came from a family that tried to dispose King Henry VIII and marry Lady Jane Grey. Different Dudleys, totally debunked, debunked by one of the original Dudleys themselves. Oh, they came back and they were like, hey, that wasn't us? Yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, However, I would like to enter... This is something that's in here as a uh, a footnote for if you want to go to Dudley Town, and I would like you to read into this how you will. Uh, but this makes me believe there is actually something of note to Dudley Town. Uh, so if you go to Dudley Town, you can't. The remains of Dudley Town are on private property owned by. Are you ready for this? Dark Entry Forest Association. Excuse me? There's an association for dark forests? Dark Entry Forest Association, who vigorously discourage all visitors. It is heavily patrolled by local and state police and private security, who will not hesitate to arrest and prosecute any trespassers. So, in the vein of Area 51 being guarded by the military, meaning, therefore, there are secrets there for the... For the delicious devouring, this thing is so well guarded that there's gotta be something. Why else would in the... <laughs> you, you called it a damnation destination. Yeah. Only you can't go there. For something that only has crumbling pillars and cellars, why is the Dark Entry Forest Association having constant patrols by beat cops and private security? And state police. Like, yeah. they got... They got the stadies out there. That is, uh, I, I was reading through that and I thought I wanted to bring up Dudley Town because I considered it just to be a, a pretty normal instance of an easily debunked uh, urban legend surrounding one of these towns that no longer exists. But that last part, and I looked it up, it is a real thing. The Dark Entry Forest Association is a real organization. Not a lot of information about them. Don't want to be a weird conspiracy theory guy. But it's really strange. Yeah, I mean, the the mundaneness of the explanation is that if people used to live there, and now they do not live there, our little lizard brain automatically assumes something is bad about that place. Yeah. Because the shell of civilization, the, the fossils, the bones, like the the remains of society are like a warning flag to us. Hey, society doesn't work here. And I almost feel as though it goes to the primordial knowledge uh, aspect of our fears because it's like if, uh, let's say you found like a, I don't know, a McDonald's. Some place where people go to eat and drink. Or a hospital. A place where people go to get well. If you were to enter any of those establishments and find no signs of human beings whatsoever, you would be horrified. Yeah. And I believe that would be the same experience we would have as human beings if we went to a lake. Or a place to drink. Or eat. Where humans should be. (laughs) And there was nothing. 
You, you might get a little different reaction if you go to like a national park and there's no one around a lake. Yeah. But if if you re- rewind the clock a couple thousand years and there was like a watering hole and you didn't see anybody going or coming to that watering hole. Yeah. Or like you come across a bunch of dead bodies. Yeah, that'll do it. You're going to think something's wrong with this watering hole. I should not drink from it. And also it is cursed. Also it is cursed and patrolled by the Dark Entry Forest Association. Who, for all I know, are the government. The actual real government. Yeah. And not the puppet government that everyone else sees. Wait. Dark Entry Forest Association. I, I think I want to... I want to start, uh, I would like to start a group to investigate and potentially put a stop to the Dark Entry Forest Association. I'm going to call myself Antifa. Oh, anti... Anti-Defa. Anti-Defa. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Anti-Dark Entry Forest Association. You think, you think the more we say it, the more they'll be on to us. I think if we say it three times while walking backwards up a staircase holding a mirror, it'll probably do something. Man, what a great callback. I have nightmares about walking upstairs backwards after we talked about that. It really creeped me out. I've been having a lot of what should be nightmares, but for some reason my brain is giving me superpowers. I wrote about this on Facebook recently, but I had a dream where I entered... What can only be described as an underground hotel mansion. Mm-hmm. And a little ghost boy called out to me and had me understand somehow, psychically, that if I couldn't find this little girl, he was going to kill her in five minutes. Oh, boy. And uh, I punched him in the face. And it worked. I made, I connected. Mm-hmm. I connected with his face he didn't seem phased by it, so I kept punching <laughs> him in the face so he couldn't leave and go kill the little girl. And he would vanish sometimes, and I like I would look around and see little glimpses in my peripheral of a little boy, you know, running away, kind of like you would see in a ghost movie. And so I would follow him and punch him in the face, and eventually his little boy face, his little ghost boy face started bleeding. I'm like, oh, good. This is working. <laughs> and at one point, we were next to the railing mm-hmm. from this underground hotel mansion. Yeah. And so I picked him up and threw him over the railing to the floor below. <laughs> and I walk up to his little ghost boy body. It's still there on the floor below. I'm like, oh, that's good. And the next thing I know, the little girl appears next to me and she's kicking his body. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess... This is how you handle a ghost. Man, that would be a really bad start to a horror movie. <laughs> like, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger's like, I'm gonna... Just people start punching him. Just punch won't him. Start, won't stop punching him. I mean, yeah, like that's the thing about dreams. You are the master of your dreams. So just punch all of the evil nightmares in the face. I uh, I lived through the beginning of a horror movie tonight. Oh, yeah? So I've been dog-sitting two beautiful puppies. Uh, and I went to go dog-sit them before I came here. And I was reading about some, you know, just reading spooky Halloween stuff. I was I let them out to go do their business in the backyard. And in this house full of no one but me, I was reading about skinwalkers. Oh, God, please don't say that name. 
Uh, so I was reading about Skinwalkers. We gotta come up with another name. You cannot say that. I was reading about Skin Takers. I, skin's too much. Okay, I was... Call them Star Wars. Okay, I was reading about Star Wars. Because they have the same initials. Okay, yeah. I was reading about Star Wars, and the... Because you know why, right? What, the name? You know why you don't say the name out loud. Because it makes them happen? It call it brings them to you. Oh, they, boy. They know that you're talking about them. And they're drawn to the to the people who talk about them. Okay, so I was talking about Star Wars. Yes, the evil Star Wars people. And uh, I was I was reading about how Star Wars like want to rip the flesh from your body. Yeah. And like take your shape. Uh, and just like the dogs were outside, they just stopped playing. But it sure did stop. Sound like they just stopped existing for a second. Oh no! Because they were like running around making dog noises, and then just nothing. Uh, and then all I could hear in the distance was howling. Of course. Uh, and I was just in this dark house all by myself. But now I'm here, so the Star Wars didn't get me. It, the, the, I, I, I was wondering if we could talk about them on the podcast. I didn't... I couldn't really find an angle, but everything... I, I find Star wars I find Star Wars's really interesting they're, they're maybe my favorite like cryptid thing they're, no, they're not cryptids they're a dark reflection of what is it like navajo no it, it i think it's it's a dark reflection of a certain kind of mysticism it, it's south it's southwestern mysticism for sure yeah i think uh, it originated in like the arizona area it might be the pueblo it might the navajo i think have a version of it Okay. I don't know where exactly, like, the Wendigo comes from. Wendigo's a different thing, I think. It's related. Yeah. Uh, the Wendigo were, were, were shape changers, mm-hmm. and the evil Wendigo you would call a Star Wars. Okay. Um, and there's even another name that serves like an N that I cannot pronounce. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're very interesting, because they're one of the most thoroughly evil, scary inexplicable to to become for a person if, if even they start as people but for a person to become one of these they have to they have to perform an act so evil that pe- like people will not talk about it in the cultures where these star warses originate just talking about them is a massive taboo you cannot get people to talk about it because to talk about things any evil spirits is to invite them in. It's a. It's like a, a bad luck thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like in Harry Potter. You wouldn't say Voldemort. Yeah. It's it's a, it's like that. But now you wouldn't say Star Wars. You wouldn't say Star Wars, which is we. You know what it stands for. Yeah. No, but the th- the thing with the dog, because that's exactly what a Star Wars would do to get to you. You know, like you, you let your animals out. Mm-hmm. They disappear for a little while. You might hear some yelping. And then suddenly they're back and they're fine. Yeah. But and, they're Star Wars now. But at, And while they're next to you, they're learning how you speak. They're, they're, they're going to learn. They can mimic perfectly. You would hear stories about people disappearing. And then people would hear them like calling out for help. Mm-hmm. Especially in dark caves. Yeah. And then you would go in there. And then they would... They would dispose of you and become you and then continue to just amass identities and voices just for the sole sick pleasure of doing that you'd get star wars yeah i uh yeah it's it's so creepy they're my favorite they're awful and 
there, there's some really good uh, creep fiction. I don't know what to call it. Horror. I call it horror on the internet about these this particular brand of evil cryptid thing. And I highly recommend reading it. And by that, I mean during the day with every light on and maybe a friend in the room just because. But don't let that friend out of your sight. Yeah. Because if you let them out of your sight, even for a second, they could get got. Yeah, they're going to go in the kitchen and be like, help, help. And then... You're Star Wars. Uh, you, did you know that there was a murder case, I believe, in the 80s where the a there was a, a genuine theory put forth that a Star Wars was involved? Is this the ranch? I think so. I didn't finish reading about it because I had to put my phone away because I was horrified. <laughs> there, there's a ranch out there, and I think there might be a documentary called Star Wars Ranch. And I'm Oh, not, yeah, I did read about that. I'm not talking about George Lucas's ranch. <laughs> yeah, not Skywalker Ranch. Oh, we could call them Skywalkers. That's kind of better. Yeah. Skywalker. So there's a ranch called Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> yeah. Again, not where George Lucas... But yeah, I think there was a, a murder case there. Mm-hmm. Or there's a, like a huge concentration of stories that originate there. And uh, I would never want to visit in my entire life. Yeah, agreed. There, I'm, I'm not prone to belief in any of this stuff. And I don't believe that Skywalkers exist at all. Uh, but it still kind of scares me because it is perfect in its construction. Because it is completely unprovable... It makes your skin crawl. It's it's it attacks every like self identity politic that you have. They're perfect. They're the perfect scary story. And, and there are countless versions of the story about someone who's driving late at night through the Southwest desert and they notice like a coyote or something keeping pace with their car. And then like they look away, and then they look back, and it's a human shape running as fast as a car. And it's like, no. Yeah. Never. Stop it. That's the horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying, and I hate it. I'm going to look up a picture for you. Please don't let it be of a Skywalker. No. Oh, man. I... I I wish I knew we were going to talk about these tonight. I have. I really I, didn't anticipate I could that research. we would. Uh, there's so many good stories, but anyway, uh, don't look at this picture. Jesus fucking Christ! It's in my brain now. <laughs> what the fuck, John? I'm just saying. Just, what the no? I'm just saying, don't look at this picture. Usually, you show me a picture of a peacock. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not looking at it again. I'm just saying it's in your best interest not to look at that picture. So that's just a person. <laughs> Doing like a back handspring. I forget what they call that. I don't know. Stop. <laughs> you look at it. You look I at it. I looked at it for a long time when I was uh, in that house. I looked at it for a long time and now you know. Uh, it's a still from uh, a movie. Okay, what movie? Uh, I don't know. Skywalker Ranch? <laughs> yes. It's from the newest Star Wars. <laughs> George Lucas, you madman. I think our greatest success of this Frightened Times is actually scaring ourselves. We do that a lot. I'm easily spooked. So let's move on to a lighter <laughs> a lighter version of things. Yeah. We mentioned the Dark not Interest Forest Association. Dark Entry Forest Association. Thank you. Uh, and they're like a mysterious organization. Not unlike a mysterious organization behind this next urban mystery. 
It takes place in America, John. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, in books, yes. You've heard of the country of America, specifically the state of Georgia. Oh, Georgia. I know someone who's in Georgia right now. Oh, have they ever seen the Guidestones? Uh, no, I think they're just doing videography stuff. Oh, okay. Well, tell her to watch out for the Guidestones. Damn it. They call it the American Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. And here's how the story goes. On a barren field in Georgia, five granite slabs rise in a star pattern. Each of them weighs over 20 tons, and on top of them, there is a capstone. Nobody knows who built it, and why they were put there, but it is believed that their purpose is to guide humanity after a predicted post-apocalyptic event that will come in the not-so-distant future. The huge blocks send a message out to the world in eight different languages, as well as four extinct ones, ancient Greek and Egyptian hieroglyphics, for example. The set of ten guidelines has baffled people across the world, and it has been described in many ways, from perfect and utopian to satanic or a mere quirk. But no matter what the case, these ten commandments should definitely get you thinking. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Whoever built them knew what he was doing. The slab stands proud and sturdy and will endure for the centuries with minimal damage. They also have a remarkable set of other features. For example, they feature a built-in channel that indicates the celestial pole, a horizontal slot that shows the annual travel of the sun, as well as a system that marks noontime throughout the year. And then it goes into the history. So I'm going to leave it at the mysterious parts and not uh, reveal. Okay, good. So... We have these guidestones that act as a clock, a calendar, and a compass. Yeah. With rules on them written in eight different languages, including some ancient ones. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows who built it. Uh, that's crazy. I can't even imagine what it would take to do something like that. All we know is there's a man whose name is R.C. Christian. And he represented an anonymous group who paid... I don't, I don't think in cash but paid for this monument to be built on land that they purchased for like a million dollars. So they have a lot of funds. And he, he said that this monument has been planned for 20 years by this group. So why? I don't know. Why would you spend a million dollars to do that? That's, that's creepy. I find the unknowable machinations of moneyed groups 
much scarier than most like stories about werewolves. Like we hear about super packs and what they try to do in government. What we don't hear about are the secret packs. Yeah, where, where millions of dollars are pulled together to do random, crazy, creepy stuff like protect the haunted site of Dudley Town or erect a weird American Stonehenge that is very well engineered and has a very clear, weird message and a purpose to withstand a post-apocalyptic event that they think's happening soon. Uh, yeah, I I can't I can't even imagine the resources this group would have to do something like that, but it's. It's mind-boggling, because, you know, you talk about super PACs, but when's the last time you heard of someone, like, giving Ted Cruz a monolith? Yeah. Like, this is this is the kind of money being thrown around for inscrutable purpose that's impossible to understand, because typically a group that spends money to erect some kind of monument will have a clear aim, especially in the society that we live in. So it's... Who are they? In all cases of monument erecting, there's usually a plaque that's, like, paid for by the blank foundation or... Yeah, or in honor of, or, or like, this is uh, to represent... No, nothing. Nothing. They just... They did not want to be identified. They wanted to remain anonymous. And they just wanted this structure to be built. Do you think all monuments would be as mysterious if no monuments had plaques? That would be really interesting because, <laughs> okay, so billions of, not billions, hundreds, hundreds of years pass and so all the, mon- the monuments are all that, that's left. And so you walk up to something like the, the Washington Monument and you look at it and you're just like, what does this tower do? Why? Yeah, why? Who built this tower? Like if there was no if there was no information surrounding the Statue of Liberty, and you discovered the Statue of Liberty divorced from all other context, you would have no idea what it represents. You would have no idea whatsoever. Yeah, you, you, you like what's so like the Sphinx or the pyramids? Imagine we never got into them to realize that they were tombs. Mm-hmm. We'd just be like. What are these triangles? Yeah, what's what's up with these triangles? I don't get it. We should put these on somebody's head and give them a big knife. <laughs> That's exactly what I would think. Yeah. He his his aesthetic continues to endure. I want to visit that. That's not an unbelievable journey. You know, it's not. I I don't know exactly where it's located. We just know it's in a barren field in Georgia. Okay. I like to imagine it's so far away from... Ooh, that would make it even better. If it's so far away from a major city that it's not even practical to get there... Yeah. Perfect. I, I have a Google... I have a Google map location. Oh, wow. What are the reviews like? Uh, 4.1 stars. Oh, man. One person really didn't like it. You know, let's read a few. Okay, let's read the reviews of the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, very interesting place that will pique your curiosity. You really need to be dedicated to stop by, as there is nothing around here for miles. Called it. It's not near anything. But it's not too far out of the way from Greenville, South Carolina to Atlanta. So I guess that's the route you need to take to okay. run into it. The spot was definitely chosen for specific reasons, as demonstrated with the Celestial Guides and the Stones. And then this guy goes on to why he thinks that they were built. But he gave a 4.1. 
Four, four stars. Four stars. Hold on, wait. I want to... This guy has a very hot take at the end. I hope to be around in the future to give it five stars once all these useless eaters are removed from the planet. Wait, it e- seems to nicely fit the theme of culling the herd once AI surpasses human intelligence and thus devaluing human labor in the workforce. This is a robot. A robot wrote this. A robot wrote this and they call us eaters. All right, uh, here's another four-star review. Cool experience. Come here. Definitely didn't live up to the hype. (laughs) Okay, great. Basically, some granite pillars are arranged in a mathematical order with a weird message in most common languages on the planet. But it was only a 30-minute drive, so wasn't disappointed. Oh, great. So four stars. Uh, This comes from Not Your Mom. (laughs) Four stars. Husband wanted to see them. Fair. Nothing else around, though, makes you question the placement. What? Video surveillance for vandals. Small area for parking. No worry, those, though we were the only ones here. No line, LOL. Great. And here's a picture. Let's see how good this picture is. It's a... Oh, it's a panorama. Oh, it's oh, a bike. Nice. Wait, why was there a bike? Okay. Those are some stone pillars. Those are some different languages. Oh, that picture's by Grandpa. Good job, Grandpa. <laughs> I I love that you can read Google reviews of mysterious monoliths. <laughs> Is there a bad review in Here's here? Here's a five star. Out in the country, no restrooms nearby. It is free and interesting. Georgia version of Stonehenge. I really want that to be my obituary. Let's look for a bad... Lowest rating. Is anyone reading and comprehending what is written on these stones? Tourist <laughs> attraction. <laughs> One of the languages is English. Uh, hold on now. The second lowest review from Stato. I won't read that. Uh, this is a Satan site. Die, N-W-O, die. I believe N-W-O stands for New World Order. I, I do believe. Wait, local guy Joseph Cruz says the insurrection of death and the resurrection of life. Play ball. Oh, and then it's some Christ stuff. Yeah. I kind of want to read this in its entirety, <laughs> but at the same time, this is really insane. Uh, that is, and... Putting on your armor of God and this spiritual war, the insert... I can't deal no. with that. Uh, New World Order wrote inside attraction. By Sasquatch. One star. Someone tells Satan, oh man, a lot of people are really take. I feel like this is unfair because people are taking out their hatred of Satan on these guidestones. Wait, why is this getting weirdly religious? There's nothing religious in... Yeah, they're just things with celestial maps and languages. Want to see the elite's plan for humanity? Their sick ideology? Population control? New world order agenda at its finest? Why not take a trip to the Georgia Guidestones? Hurry, I hear there's special tour packages for sheeple. I mean, one star. Does this guy think that people are going to these to be like, I want to see what this plan is about so I can die? A, a silly Ted Turner production. Forget this atheist monument of hogwash. Instead, accept Jesus Christ. Read the Bible. History of the world is in it. Past, present, and future. And join a Bible-based church. One star. This is... 
Guys. How did Ted Turner get thrown into this? Guys, there is some incredible stuff happening in the bad reviews of this monument. Wait. The psychopaths that erected these want to kill 7 billion people, and here you have raving about how cool these stones are. Wake up! Turn from sin and seek Yashua. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. One, bit- one star in case you were wondering. But here's the, here's the problem with that one. They also put up 20 photos. <laughs> now, here's the problem. I can't stop taking pictures, but let me tell you, I hate it. <laughs> the problem with this one is like, these people want to kill 7 billion people. No. The Guidestones are for after the post-apocalyptic event. Yeah. I, I, I think these people seem to have their message confused. Very much. Because these people otherwise seem pretty reasonable. Never been and never will. This monument is straight up evil. Then that's just a bad review. One star. I feel like Mr. Towers, oh no, this is just another church thing. Jim Davis, creator of Garfield. <laughs> the influence of Satan in America is disturbing. Read my comic... Garfield and Friends. That's weird. I feel like the influence of Garfield in America is disturbing. Also, I'd really like to just take a picture of that Jim Davis review and make that the... just the cover of Zero Credits. (laughs) (laughs) Just the picture of Jim Davis saying the influence of Satan in America is disturbing. That's real good. Uh, I'm going to have to remember that and come back. Disgusting genocidal monument. I like this one. This is horrible and doesn't help. I am going to leave that as a review for every business I frequent. (laughs) This is horrible and doesn't help. Why do so many people think New World Order... Oh my god, I can't... We're done with the reviews. I I, thought they would be fun. There's really more of a theme than I thought there'd be. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, just these guidestones get pulled into some fucking New World Order Pizzagate horseshit, and that's what made people leave all the reviews. I mean, I guess people fear the unknown. You got an unknown organization spending way too much money on some guidestones for an event that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And so they they want to attribute it to the things they do know. The New World Order. Yeah, the facts. They want to keep it to the facts. <laughs> keep it to the facts. New World Order. Fact number one. Satanist cults were really big in the 70s and 80s. Uh-huh. Fact number two. They didn't actually exist. Wait, sorry. That might be an opinion. Oh, shit. There were no satanic cults in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. People just thought there were yeah it's satanic panic it's a fascinating thing that happened yeah (laughs) we're very dissatisfied about the reviews of these guidestones because instead of giving us some brief levity they just kind of momentarily ruined our faith in humanity uh but you know isn't that what the frightened times is all about Ruining people's faith in humanity. Ruining humanity in at least one way, for sure. Turning them into eyeballs to put into salads with snakes. Can't get off the image. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm stuck on it. I mean, I think that gives you a nice, uh, a nice amuse-bouche to serve at your next Halloween throwdown. Halloween? Frightened times. Frightened times. What was times. I talking about? What was oh that word God. I said? Uh, you, you got hit by a weird, like, different dimensional word dart. Yeah, I must have got hit by some kind of weird rock. Yeah, like... Some kind of flying rock. Some type of, like, space rock that's out in space. Maybe, perhaps, 
One that looks like a skull. Oh, what? John, did you know that there's a thing called a death comet? I did not. The death comet is not a comet that will kill all life on Earth. That would be ridiculous. That would be the death meteor meteorite. Yeah, because a death comet is just made of death water, which is ice, and death dust. <laughs> this death comet looks like death. Okay. You know how death is a skull, man? Yeah, we associate skulls with death. I've got a, an article here to read. Um, maybe I just read the first paragraph. Yeah, then we can talk about it. On October 31st, 2015, NASA tracked a strange-looking comet as it made a close flyby of Earth. This asteroid, known as 2015 TB145, was monitored by the multiple observatories and radar installation of the agency's Deep Space Network. Because of the timing and the skull-like appearance of this asteroid, scientists named it the Death Comet. Uh, I have a, an issue with that. What's up? So, they called the Death Comet, right? Right. Is it? But this article refers to it as an asteroid? Yes. Our Which one is it? Are asteroids not comets? Asteroids are made of rocky metal substances. Comets are made out of dust and ice and sometimes rock. I feel like they're not getting their message straight. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. They call it an asteroid, but maybe it's colloquially, colloquially they call it the death comet. Okay, that's fine. And it's going to be passing Earth for the second time since its discovery this uh, shortly after Halloween this year. Oh, so we can watch it. You can watch the, the giant skull fly by Earth. Oh, what a blessed time we live in. <laughs> okay, here's an explanation. At the time, 2015 TV 145 was determined to be a dead comet meaning that it it had it has shed its volatile elements the frozen water carbon dioxide ammonia methane after numerous passes around the sun and no longer emits its hail oh gotcha so it's just like a a, a de- like an asteroid going on this this path yeah cuz if it no longer had a tail and it burned off all of its water then it would just be rock so it would be an asteroid exactly and there it is in all its great glory <laughs> Great. Can you be? Can you imagine being the scientist that takes a picture of this comet and you're like, Hachi Machi. You're like, oh, 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 I, I'm afraid of space. If you do that, you either have to, number one, have fun with it and be like, haha, look at the skull comet. Or you have to fully start a cult. Yeah. It really looks like a skull in <laughs> yeah. this artist's rendering. Yeah, it looks completely like a... Wait, though it is worth noting, the actual picture that's taken of it has the bottom kind of obscured. Yeah. What if when it's in full view, it's smiling? Oh, a smiling skull man. <laughs> yeah, it could be happy. Even in the actual picture of it, it definitely has a nasal cavity. Yeah, it's definitely got two eyes and a nose. It looks a little bit worried. It does look kind of sad. And also a little bit like Nowhere from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. A little bit, yeah. I love that Skull Comet. <laughs> skull Asteroid. Skull Stroid. Skull Stroid. Oh. But 
I don't know. I look for urban legends. I find things that actually exist just with mysterious skull faces on them. We've all... It's crazy because as we go now into the latter days of this episode, we've actually talked about every scary thing that we've talked about is in fact real. Oh yeah, Dudley We've talked about Dudley Town, which is a... I mean, a real bummer. It's a real place, but it's not that interesting. The scariest thing about it is the real militant forest association. And then we talked about the Guidestones, which are scary. And the scariest real thing about that is the ignorance of people. Uh, And then we talked about that death asteroid, which is real as fuck. And we also discussed Venom. The most real box office hit in the past month. And we did talk about Skinwalkers, which are Star Wars, why? which are real. Why would you say... Why? I really... Why I, I would you say it? Skywalkers. Oh, my Skywalkers, God. which are oh real. Oh, my God. Anyway, I'm going to go oh. into the other room and call for help. Fuck, for no, you're not. You're staying. You're staying in eyesight until you leave, and then you're not coming okay, back. I just want to make it totally clear. This is me being... Laying it 100% on the table. I uh, I like to imagine ways to fuck with people. I rarely do it. And this is something that I guarantee you, Henry, I'm not going to do. After the podcast is over and I leave your apartment, I'm not going to cry for help outside your door. <laughs> if, I, if I was a bad person, I would absolutely do that. But I want to let you know that I had the impulse, and you're probably going to realize I could do that as I'm leaving. (laughs) But I want you to know I'm not going to do that. So, what this means is, in this very logical world, if I hear you crying for help, you are 100% already dead and taken, and I am not going outside. Okay. If you get mugged, that's on you. (laughs) I, I accept that. If I get mugged, I'll have to rely on the kindness of strangers. (laughs) <laughs> who might already be taken. Skywalkers. Oh my god. I uh, I'm that this is the second time tonight <laughs> I am filled with an overwhelming <laughs> sense of dread. I'm glad that I could provide this for you. I hate the frightened times. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't talk about this when we were out in the boonies. No, yeah, that would that would legitimately I would have been when I sent you I'm gone as a joke, it would have been real. Yeah. I would have just been gone. <laughs> just your car would be there. No, I meant my car was... How would I escape without my car? Oh, I thought you meant you would have been Skywalkered. No, I meant out of there. Yeah, Into the leave. safety of the light and the arteries of the city that In, we live in. Into the safety of the gentrified suburbs. No comment. <laughs> I didn't Austin. gentrify it. I mean... You didn't. That's fine. What are you trying to say I saw me? this... I saw this... No, nothing. Uh, I live in a way more gentrified area than you do. Yeah, you live in a location I will not make jokes about. <laughs> yes, we we both live in locations. Uh, I saw... It, that's not talking about gentrification. The frightened times were always scary enough. All right. Uh, but yeah, I... I don't know where we can go from here because, like, I'm actually spooked. I've run out of things to talk about. I can... You know how fear sometimes gathers in a pool right in the center of your core? Yeah. Yeah, that's happening right now. And I I feel like... It's silly. It's definitely silly. Yeah. And I don't actually believe in Skywalkers or that thing about saying their name. Mm -hmm. I just feel like... we, We briefly discussed we might talk about magic... During these frightened times, I believe it was a one-off comment from you in a Facebook message. Okay. But there's a kind of magic around practices like that. Mm -hmm. It's a conjuring. 
Not the movie. Not but with the Warrens who declared that house officially demonically possessed. I don't... Is that what they do? They just travel around the country? Yeah, they just travel around giving bunk bullshit readings and then they end up with a heavy fictionalized version of themselves in a movie that's super successful. But, I mean, good on them, I guess. But yeah, run a grift. Nothing's wrong with a grift. <laughs> so many things are wrong with a grift. However, like, when you treat something with so much... Reverence is not the right word, but, like, you give it this importance that, like, even just saying the name can summon the thing. Mm-hmm. And it pervades a culture so heavily that, to this day, people will not talk about it unless, like, you coax it out of them. Yeah. There's a kind of power in that. Mm-hmm. A power that's enough to trick the brain to flip the switch from... Like, deniability to plausible deniability. Yeah, because there's nothing in me. And it's a f- it's fascinating. Because there's nothing in me that believes in Skywalkers. Like, I, there's not a single thing in me that believes that there is any circumstance under which such a thing could actually exist. However, saying it, I don't like to say it. Yeah. Knowing that it's not a good thing to say. Uh, but also... I imagine if I left your apartment and then you heard me calling for help, which I won't do, but I imagine what that scenario would be like, and it, like, makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Like, I really don't like that. I, it's it's the idea of it. It's it's the talking around it. It's the, it's the imagining the implications of those things. God, they're really just the perfect monsters. And I think that's why The Thing is so well-received as a, as a horror movie, because it's basically the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's you don't know who is it or not until they turn into it. Yeah. Yeah. We've always feared the other, but the other typically doesn't look like us. I, uh, I always think that one of the most flawed theses is in popular thinking about horror movies is that zombie movies are effective because they give you uh, a look through the world as if every other human being is out to get you because it's the people say that the scary thing about zombies in a classic zombie movie is that they look like us and it like creates a crisis of identity force i've never gotten that from zombie movies i think zombies are so divorced from human beings because you take away everything that makes human beings scary which is their thinking their thoughts their similarities to you Uh, i think that zombie movies are effective but for not that reason but any any movie that's about a malevolent force that can make a human being manipulate you by like needing help horrifying yeah because it 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 gets into and it taints a thing that we imagine is like very pure and obvious. It's like if a person's calling for help, we should help them. Yeah. But if something gets inside of that and turns it into something else, it's ugh. yeah. If you could warp that that just basic human instinct to help others in need into an opportunity to replace and kill and it, take. It's just like Pet Cemetery. Which is coming out in 2019. When they bring that kid back to life and he, like, cries to lure people to him. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. Why are the cemeteries spelled wrong? Uh, because. 
Okay. It, it's the ancient spelling. Is it? Maintain 500 million pets in the cemetery. Uh, divide them into small states that govern themselves, but solve all disputes in a world court between all pet cemeteries. It took me way too long to realize you were doing a bit. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. That, oh, is that the tackling for pet cemetery? It actually is. Why is cemetery spelled wrong? Uh, because it is. On the sign. Okay. Yeah, and that's the whole reason. The cat comes back. Not to be confused with the classic film, The Cat Came Back. I am fading fast. <laughs> yeah, I think that we need to uh, to bring this episode of The Fright Times to a close because we've managed to... I mean, it's late. Uh, we're not thinking straight, but we've managed to scare ourselves, which is really the goal of every episode of Frightened Times, and I am alone for the next four days, and we'll have to go home and sleep with this knowledge. Well, at least the light outside of your apartment door works. Yeah. Mine does not. At at the very least. uh, I should report that. Yeah. You know what's crazy? In my apartment, uh, I need to report this too. When I turn on the light in my closet, it flickers on and off really fast like a horror movie. Jesus Christ. Why October brings out... Sorry, not October. The Frightened Times brings out the... It's just like... I don't know. There's something in the brain that's like, oh, now it's scary time. Yeah, scary times are upon us. Yeah. Uh, but but where we are in the episode, I think that it's best that we bring it on home. And we do that by lightening everyone's day, bringing that sun up. And of course, I mean the social media sunshine. Yeah, so we are going to bless you with the social media sunshine because we are going to burn off all of our vaporous water and uh, turn into rocky skulls. And if you too want to be a rocky skull, send us your application on Twitter to ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Z- that is my favorite track off of the new gorillas record and if you want to send us pictures of your skull uh you can do so at zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com uh please don't send us the word that we don't want to say on this episode or pictures or that picture that john uh please don't don't no even matter, tell them how to find no it. No matter what you do, don't look up the forbidden word followed by road picture. I'm not going to show it to you, okay. but it is on my phone, so I have to close that at some point. <laughs> uh, so don't Google just, that. Just and restart your phone. It's not worth it. Don't Google that and send it to us. And, of course, we are on Facebook. You can find us by searching Zero Credits Podcast on the Facebook search bar. We are on Spotify. We have now some number of listeners, and you can find us by searching Zero Credits Podcast with a parentheses before the S and a parentheses after the S. Small clarification, and uh, this might be due to my hasty reading. We have a number of listens. Oh no, not listeners. Not listeners. I did not read the word correctly oh fuck we are up to 40 
listens. Listens. Two more people have listened. Yeah, two more listens since so, the last time we reported that. Engage on Spotify. And of course, we are on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Search Zero Credits Podcast. I'm sure we'll come up. Uh, leaving us a review is vitally important because everyone has an iPhone, apparently, and no one can give you a charger when you're at work. And <laughs> I know I said iTunes is important, but most importantly, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So if you could take it upon yourself to go off into the woods or a cave and just start screaming the name of a podcast until... The, Wait, this that, podcast. Not just any podcast. No, start screaming the name of this podcast until someone else tries to come and help you, and then you take their skin. And then you've become someone else's skin, so we've technically had two listeners. Keep that going, and we're going to go viral, baby. Jesus Christ. Oh, and from everyone here at Frightened Times headquarters in downtown L.A., I'm really trying to fucking close out of that picture so I don't get surprised by it later. We want to wish you a scary summer. <laughs> Ooh, beach ball. Because it's summertime. Scary beach ball. Gary Beach Ball. I really hated that picture I found. Why did you keep showing it to me? It's 100% closed. Uh, uh, no, I just hated that picture because I wanted you to see it. Hear me out. It's stuck in my head. Yeah. It is it is from a movie, though. It's from like an Italian horror movie. That's not going to help. Uh, but that, that picture is horrifying to me for a lot of reasons. But mostly because I was just reading an article about, you know, the things. And then it popped uh, up. And then, then it was just, like, big and part of the article. I was like, Jesus Christ! Don't do don't, that. Don't do that! That makes it look real. Yeah, trigger warning that shit. <laughs> <laughs>